With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. We are live on the Spotify Green Room app. I've got to be honest, this is a little bit different than the Locker Room app. They've been making some changes each and every week, and they've wanted us because they came to SB Nation <clears throat> excuse me, and said, we want your podcasters to kind of promote this product. And I was more than happy to jump on board and say, yes, I would love to do this. I was already thinking about going into a some type of call-in format. I used to do that with Blog Talk Radio way back in the day. And I was even thinking about going back there uh, just to be able to talk with my ride-or-die crew, the people that listen to Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and don't miss a thing. And then this showed up, and so it's been a great opportunity. It's been a great learning experience. They want us to try different times. I usually do Tuesdays at 7.30. Due to some conflicting scheduling, uh, I had to bump this back to 10 p.m. Eastern time, so I'm not sure what this audience will look like. But that's nonetheless, this is the kind of the information they're looking for as they k- kick off this app, this Spotify Green Room app. I do want to mention before we get started in the news and the podcast, uh, the, the title of the podcast itself, we are a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure wherever you – it should be your one-stop shop. It really should be. I, that's my goal. My goal is to have BehindTheSteelCurtain.com be the one place you want to go every single time you want something that has to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we are a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. 
Also, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow us so that you do not miss a thing. Not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. But that also is the live mic on Tuesday. That is the Stat Geek on Thursday. And then our whole afternoon lineup. I'm not going to go through all of them right now. Uh, but I will at some point. Make sure that you subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss any of that. As we have some people chiming in on the Spotify Green Room app, I want to get things started off right. And this is this was not necessarily my target topic to discuss on this podcast, yet I felt it was necessary. I was going to talk about something completely different. That's good. That, I moved that to Friday's show, and I said, you know what? I need to talk about this. I need to talk about what's going on because it's driving me absolutely insane. And there might be some Steeler fans out there that are not sure of what's happening, that they're really like, I, I don't know what you're really talking about. So let me – this is a – Public service announcement for all Steeler fans out there to beware the bogus off-season Steelers reports. Beware. They're everywhere. And there's one that's more prominent than most, and that is about a young offensive lineman by the name of Kevin Dotson. This was something that was really stirring on Twitter. Probably the last 48 hours, it kind of died down uh, as of recently, but still... You need to be aware of these reports for a lot of reasons. So let me give you the lowdown here. I I went back and found the tweet that was sent out, and this is from uh, this was from Instagram and Steeler Season S Z N says this. Yens won't like this. Be warned. Interesting reports came out over the weekend from Steelers beat writer. Well, I won't, I won't mention the the writer's name. According to team sources, Steelers coaches and management are extremely upset behind closed doors with second-year guard Kevin Dotson. Reportedly, he literally did nothing. I'll read that again. According to team sources, he literally did nothing or very little in the offseason to keep his physical conditioning levels up, likely due to feeling like he had the starting left guard job locked up. Now here's another real shocker. When Trey Turner was hosted on his initial free agent visit, the same sources indicated that it had absolutely nothing to do with David DeCastro's ailments, but it had everything to do with the dissatisfaction surrounding Dotson. DeCastro's injury forced the team's hand, and they had no choice but to sign Turner as a replacement. It appears very possible that Kevin Dotson could face competition in training camp for the starting job from the likes of B.J. Finney, according to said reporter, which was mentioned earlier in the post, if Dotson doesn't quickly get back in the good graces of his coaches. So this is where it all started, that post. Now, the reporter that was mentioned in that post actually came in and doubled down and said, it's true. Like this is I, the, the sources that I have are good sources, and they're not going to lie. And so all of a sudden, uh, our Slack channel on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is saying, what is all this stuff going on? So I start to just, hey, we're going to take a wait-and-see approach. And all of a sudden, Kevin Dotson on his own Twitter feed, he says, y'all ask him, y'all self. And this is what he said. People I train and trained with know I work. So he's basically saying, hey, ask whoever you want, but I'm ready. And then more people chime in. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, former offensive lineman in the NFL, said this story is uh, horse poop. We'll put it that way. Okay, so he debunks that almost right away. It gets better. Now, then all of a sudden, the people that actually helped train 
dots in this offseason, Duke Manyweather. He starts training these photos and videos of Dotson literally getting after it, getting after it. And so his trainer himself was asked, why would a coach, if we're assuming this report comes from a position coach, because that's what this writer said, it's who it came from. I'm not sure if it's Clem. I'm not sure if it's Morgan. No one knows. But still, they said, why would they do that? And so the trainer says this. NFL buildings are home to some of the most toxic and ego-driven people that are, and I'm sorry, people there are, and 99% of the aforementioned are not players. That being said, Kevin Dotson is one of the hardest workers I've had the chance to work with, and he keeps a chip on his shoulder handling business. Other beat writers for the Pittsburgh Steelers have come out and said, we saw this kid live and in person in mandatory minicamp. He did not look out of shape. He looked like he was ready to go, that he was ready to for, for his second year. I just wanted to do a show, and I didn't want to just keep on harping on this topic, but I felt that it was appropriate to talk about, my goodness, these are the reports that Steeler fans need to take with a grain of salt and they need to take, a time to, take some time to pause and realize that, to be completely honest, This could be one person's opinion. And that one person might not be the person that's making the decisions on who plays and who doesn't. These are the same type of reports, and it did come from kind of the same arena, we'll put it that way, that said that T.J. Watt, at the end of last season, stormed out of his exit interview, didn't just left. He just didn't do an interview, told the team, Mail me my stuff. I don't even want to deal with anybody. Now, Mike Tomlin came out and said that wasn't true. Obviously, he said that we met with everybody. And again, this could just be hearsay. Think about how rumors start in general. And let, let's go back to that T.J. Watt example. Okay, T.J. Watt, let's say he, he's obviously frustrated. And the team finishes 12-4. and four. They're struggling down the stretch. They make the playoffs. He doesn't play in Week 17. They host the Cleveland Browns. They trip and fall flat on their face, and you lose in embarrassing fashion at home. That's a tough pill to swallow. And so maybe he says, hey, Coach, look, I've got some – I need to get out of here, man. I've got some vacation plans now. Um, can I do my interview virtual? Can I do my interview first? Uh, can we do it earlier than anyone else? And I guarantee you the Steelers would have been accommodating to their best defensive player. Arguably. You could some people might say make up Fitzpatrick, but still, that's neither here nor there. All it would take is one staff member, one staff member to say, wait a second, TJ Watt just left. Did he even have his exit interview? Goes and tells someone, and next thing you know, it's a story. And next thing you know, it's a story. So again, these reports are just that. They are nothing but reports. And let me also say, this is not a situation where someone like Najee Harris, the team's prized draft pick, is coming into camp fat and out of shape. They're not even saying that. This is an offensive lineman. Okay, This is an offensive lineman that is reportedly not in good shape. All right. Well, first and foremost... This player, even if this is true, let's just go on the assumption that these reports are 100% factual. Then Kevin Dotson will have an entire month to get his body right. And an NFL player, it wouldn't take them that much time 
to get their bodies reacclimated and ready to go. It just wouldn't. Did were people talking bad? Think back to the you know early two thousands defenses. Were, were people saying this when Casey Hampton was failing conditioning tests in Latrobe, when he was showing up so out of shape that Bill Cowher would send him home, send him out of practice to go work out? Was anyone saying that? No. And guess why? Because Casey Hampton's job was to be big. His job was to take up space. His job was to do just that. Guess what Kevin Dodson's job is? He's got to be big. He's got to be strong. Got to move bodies. He's got to be mobile. That's true. And you are going to need some conditioning for that. But I just feel like these stories, these reports are exactly what's wrong with today's NFL landscape. And what I say that is everything has to become a huge breaking news story. I don't like to run my site like that. That's why we didn't write this story. I didn't want to give it the credence of having it even grace the pages of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I just didn't want to do that. And so I'm glad I took the wait-and-see approach. It seems like this has been debunked. The reporters are still saying it's true, but nonetheless, I don't... This is, this is totally pointless. And I said this to our staff, and I'll say it here on this podcast. We will know if Kevin Dotson shows up at the end of July to training camp out of shape. It will be glaringly obvious. Remember, folks, we will have a preseason this year. This isn't 2020 where the preseason's canceled. The only time we're going to see them, and for real, will be actually when the season starts in week one. Last year it was in, in, on Monday Night Football in New York. No, and, and there's also going to be fans at Heinz Field for some practices. So with that said... Fans are going to be there. They're going to get to see the players work. We will know. And so then that brings me to my final point before I start taking some requests here on the Spotify Green Room app is if we'll know, what does this matter? Like, what does this matter? This is literally a bogus offseason report. And I say that because I don't care if it's true or false right now. I really don't. It's just bogus. There's no need to drag this young man's name through the mud, because that's exactly what's happening. There's no need for it. If a coach has an issue with a player, if a coach has an issue with a player's conditioning level, then let the coach deal with it. Let the coach deal with it. All right, if you're listening, we have several people that have tuned in live on the Green Room app, the Spotify Green Room app. If you want to talk, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Kevin Dotson story slash nonsense, as I like to call it. Otherwise, we can talk about anything that's Pittsburgh Steelers related. I do know that Jim put a question in the discussion, said, Jeff, what do you think of trading Deontay Johnson to Green Bay for Jordan Love? Well, that sounds great on paper, Jim. But the problem that I have with that, maybe not me, but maybe Green Bay, is they're not going to trade away Jordan Love until they know Aaron Rodgers is going to play. <laughs> so, And let's say Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled that he doesn't want to play for Green Bay this year, and they're planning on trading him. If that is the case, then guess what? Jordan Love is their guy. So as much as as intriguing as this would be to make a trade for the Steelers' potential future quarterback in Jordan Love, a a straight-up trade with Deontay Johnson is just not going to work. It's not going to work. Okay, let's get our first speaker in. Here we go. RJ. Let's get RJ on. What's up, RJ? Hey, uh, yeah, so the whole Kevin Donson thing, like, I don't really believe that too much because uh, I can't remember if it was on one of your shows last year, but there was a video of him pulling a truck, 
like he's doing workouts and stuff. So yeah. I don't see why he would stop doing something like that. So when he couldn't go to a gym, you could see him, you know, taking steps backwards, pulling like a forward pickup truck. So, I mean, you don't go from that to not doing anything. So I don't really, I definitely don't think that's something to be worried about. Well, the whole crux of the report is that the coach, they, the assumption was is that he became complacent. That he was just like, oh, the left guard job is mine. I'm fine. I, I don't buy that at all. I mean, this is a young NFL player who's looking to make a name for himself. And now, with David DeCastro being released, he could very well be asked to be a leader of that group. And that's hard to believe as a second-year player. But you're right. No, that was on our site. He posted that video of him pulling trucks because due to uh, the pandemic and everything being shut down, he had no gym to use. So he was out there literally pulling Ford pickup trucks or Chevys. I don't, I don't know what brand it was. But still, you're right. You're right. Uh, what else is on your mind? Anything, RJ? Um, that that was my main thing. I mean, I've been trying to figure out this whole app for weeks. Right now, <laughs> trying to get on here with you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you chiming time, in. But not a problem. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. If anyone else wants to talk and just put in a speaker request, I would be glad to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're at the midway point. If you're listening live, don't go anywhere because I'm not going anywhere. Otherwise, if you're listening on the audio platform on Wednesday morning... We'll be right back after this advertisement. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm sorry, senior editor. My, my bad, what a snafu. And we're live on the Spotify Greenroom app, and I'm excited to talk to some Pittsburgh Steelers fans about anything black and gold. So if you want to chime in about the bogus offseason reports, you can absolutely do that. If you want to talk about something else, put in a speaker request. I would be glad to have you on to talk about the black and gold in the meantime, I did put out a question on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And just every Tuesday, I this was a little bit later, I apologize, I put out a tweet like, hey, if you have questions for me, let me know. Would be glad to answer them. And so we did have several questions. First, our my girl Lori from across the pond, she said, hey, not sure if I missed the mailbag tweet, so hopefully I can squeeze my questions in. What will the Steelers' offensive line miss the most about DeCastro? And in your opinion, is he a Hall of Famer? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate the question. Uh, this is a tough one. So what is what is the number one thing that they are fine? You know, what am I was here? Okay, let's do the Hall of Famer first. Let's do the Hall of Famer first. Is, is David DeCastro a Hall of Famer? If his career ends now, I think he played nine years in the NFL. 
I'm going to say no. And the reason why I say no is based on the fact that we are looking at Alan Fanica. I'm going to base this all around Alan Fanica. Alan Fanica was a much more, he was more decorated in terms of the all pros and pro bowls are very comparable. Alan Fanica once won a Super Bowl, and it still took him all that time to get in. David DeCastro will be in the conversation. I firmly do believe that. But ultimately, I'm right now, if he doesn't play anymore, I'm going to say no. I love him. I think he'll be in the Steelers Hall of Honor. I think that's what they call it. But I don't think he will actually be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What will they miss the most about DeCastro? I'm going to say that they're going to miss just his veteran leadership. I said this on Monday when I did the whole podcast about what does this mean? What does this loss of David DeCastro mean for the Steelers in 2021? And there were a lot from the salary cap to the on-field experience to the off-field leadership. On-field, I don't think they're going to miss him at all. He was awful last year. He was also injured. We know this now. It's not a cut on him personally. It's just fact that he was injured. And so it's one of those situations where I personally think that they're just going to miss his leadership, his ability to kind of pull everyone together to say, hey, you know, this is how it's done here. We're going to do it this way. That will have to fall on someone like Zach Banner, who's now the elder statesman, Chooks for. They're going to have to really kind of lead the group in that way. But great questions, Lori. Great questions as always. And again, if you are listening live on the Green Room app, Put in a speaker request. I would be glad to have you on. Let's go back to the Twitter mailbag. Ben asks, with more money becoming available for for the Steelers to use, what position do you think is next in line for an addition? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Hashtag Dotson for Captain. I like that second one, Ben. I could definitely see him using this these reports as motivation to again have a great season. So with more money available, I think that the position I narrowed it down to three on Monday. I said outside linebacker, cornerback, and then there's multiple positions on the offensive line. I'm going to say that outside linebacker is tops for me. I feel like there's more talent available still. You're talking about Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram. Next would be a, a close Second would be cornerback. There's still some talented corners out there. I think the Steelers are going to make a move. It's just a matter of what move are they going to make, and is it going to be now or is it going to be later? We'll see. We'll have to find out. Next question on Twitter from Brian Haynes, longtime listener. He says, I, I read a comment from someone that if, if the Steelers signed Justin Houston, they, the Steelers, would start Houston over Alex Highsmith. I completely disagree, but what are your arguments for, for and against hashtag Ryder Dyke? Thank you very much, Brian. So, with this question, I would love for them to get Justin Houston. If they get Justin Houston, I do not believe that he should start over Alex Highsmith. I think that Alex Highsmith is he's younger. Justin Houston is older. He's definitely aging. He's getting up there. He's still productive, but he could be very productive if he's not considered an every-down pass rusher. Now, this is where things get dicey. He, meaning Justin Houston, could very well be a type of player that says, I don't want to be a number three pass rusher. I still want to be a top, one of the top two on the team. In which case, the Steelers would say thanks, but no thanks. Unless what the comment they said that what the comment says was true. 
and that is that they would start him over Alex Highsmith. I just don't see that happening if they do get Houston. I think the most important thing to know about this whole situation, whether it's Houston, whether it's someone else, Melvin Ingram, is that the number three pass rusher for the Steelers, I believe Dave Schofield said, and if it wasn't him, I'm not sure where I saw this number, but it's sticking out of my head, that the Steelers' number three pass rusher plays roughly 40% of the defensive snaps. That's a lot. That's playing a lot. So if Justin Houston says, um, I don't really want your deal, Pittsburgh, because I want to play more, you would be, they'd be playing a lot based on the fact that the Steelers would need to give T.J. Watt a break, would need to give Alex Highsmith a break. Very, very important things. Good question, Brian. Thank you very much. Eric Eskew <clears throat> says, out of the three following Steelers kickers, who would you pick and why? He says, uh, Skippy, Sweesham, or the Wizard of Boz? Huh. Skippy Reed, he's talking about Jeff Reed. Um, that, he was clutch. People forget how clutch Jeff Reed was. And it's funny because Skippy and the Wizard of Boz kind of have very parallel careers. Uh, Boswell was a midseason. You know, he he was the guy that came in when the uh, the failed experiment. I, the kicker from Jacksonville is I, I've literally burnt his name out of my memory. I can't even remember the guy's name, uh, but he was of the failed experiment after he botched several kicks. He was the kicker that came in. Similarly, the the uh, Jeff Reed experiment started the same way. Uh, I want to say it might have been Peterson. The kicker came in and just was missing a bunch of kicks, and they cut him, and they bring in, they have a tryout, and it's Jeffrey that wins it. Uh, Jeffrey, I think, came out of North Carolina. Chris Boswell coming out of Rice. So it's similar. I will say this, that when Boswell is on, and he's been on his entire stint with the Steelers outside of one year, when he's on, I'll take him. I also don't want to discredit Sean Sweeshan, though. He had a great career. He had a great career. It was a shame that it ended the way that it did. It's, it's also crazy that it ended in Canton, meaning that that was the, the game. It was the, shoot, that was the Hall of Fame game. And they that's when he tore his knee up uh, with that turf. That turf was known to be horrible. And that's when Sean Swisham, making a tackle on a kickoff return, tears up his knee. And then it was just, a, it was downhill from there. We'll put it that way. So great question though, Eric. All right. Brian Haynes says, who are the most overrated and underrated Steelers of all time? Hashtag ride or die crew. The most overrated and underrated Steelers of all time. Underrated, I tend to look at someone like Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith did so many good things. So many good things that never got noticed. And so, and, and even when you think about like Casey Hampton, I brought up earlier in this podcast, Casey Hampton, everyone knows the big snack. They love Casey Hampton. Aaron Smith just kind of went about his business. You know, he, there was no flash. There was no flair. He wasn't Brett Kiesel. And Brett Kiesel shows up in a pickup or in a tractor. Brett Kiesel with the beard, uh, all that. It, and that wasn't Aaron Smith. And Aaron Smith didn't want that. But at the same time, he was extremely underrated, in my opinion. Overrated? Oh, boy. Overrated. I hate to say that there are some Steelers that are overrated. Um, here's one that. I, I, for some reason, Plexico Burris sticks out in my brain, but it's probably because Plexico Burris was, he left. He left in free agency. I always kind of irked me, but I always felt that Plexico was just a little overrated. Some might hate that, but that's just the first name that came to mind. All right, let's get another speaker on the 
Spotify green room app. Will, what's up, Will? Question for you, Jeff. Um, as far as we're going with the youth movement, and it seemed like Kevin Dotson was one that would be a leader. Do you think the media is just trashing him to kind of lower our confidence with our new offensive line being younger? Well, I don't know. It, and I, by the way, there might be people that hear your question and think that's asinine. No, no, no. I think that's spot on. The Steelers control the narratives. They've always done it. They always will do it. They are going to allow certain information to get out, and they're going to protect certain information. That's just the way they've always done business. And I don't know if it's so much that they want to kind of lower the expectation level, but they they had to know that this was getting out there, and they let it get out there. I'm fine with it getting out there now. I mean, think about it. If it comes out at the end of June, if this motivates Dotson, the Steeler fans might be in for a treat this year with, with Kevin Dotson playing angry with a chip on his shoulder. Like, I'm, I'm not here to prove that I'm going to be dominant and I'm going to just be physical. And everything that you all said that I wasn't, be out of shape, not properly prepared, I'm going to be that and then some. So, Will, I understand your question, but I – it does make you. It does make you wonder because, like I said, the Steelers do. They control the narrative that comes out of their facility. Do you agree? I would say that as well. Also, um, our offensive line is young, but looking at contracts, besides Dotson and Green, looks like Chooks is in the final year of his contract. Banner's only got a two-year deal. Turner a one. Finney a one. Are you concerned that we're young and then potentially people are going to outplay their deals and we may or may not be able to afford them and kind of have to start with scratch because we didn't pick up Tevin Jenkins or anyone in the draft? Yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point based on the fact that they are – I feel like the, the Chooks of four four. he's a guy that if he plays well, they're going to sign him. I think they would make a deal. Uh, Zach Banner's there for two years. Uh, Trey Turner, I, he's on a prove it deal, not only to the Steelers, for himself, to the NFL. The, if It all depends on the salary cap situation. If it balloons up as much as they expect it to be, which could be over $200 million, what would the Steelers do with T.J. Watt's money? I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here. The Steelers will not let the cupboard go bare on the offensive line. So maybe they let B.J. Finney go if Kendrick Green is the guy. Uh, they do have Dan Moore Jr. waiting in the wings, hopefully, as as a tackle. But ultimately, I think that the offensive line is young, and they're going to have to make some decisions at some very important positions, mainly tackle, uh, because you're looking at just well, – yeah, I feel like guards are easily accessible in the draft, so if they have to draft a guard, they could probably find one that could start right away. But it's definitely an issue, definitely an issue. Thank you for chiming in, Will. I appreciate it. Let's get to our next speaker request. Wes is here. What's up, Wes? How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Uh, How are you? Great. So I got a couple of things. I'm, I'm all over the place. You know me. Uh, so first of all, the Kevin Dodson thing, I had a thought about that. And I can't help but think, now, uh, don't get me wrong. I believe Dodson that it's not true. But I feel like maybe... There's a little bit of underlying truth, and I think it, I really think that it could be as simple as somebody coming out after a frustrating day with Dotson and saying something to a reporter, and then this reporter just rolling with it, and it, it, it ballooning into something that it never was. 
And I really think that it could have been that simple. Like, and then Dodson hears it and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This never happened. Um, so I really think like, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into, to the, to the article that was written at all. But I, I, I have a feeling that it probably came from something very small that was said after a frustrating day or something. And it just ballooned into something that got back to dots and, and, but like you said, I, I think it's going to be motivational for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is the article you wrote about uh, Alex Highsmith and Bud Dupree. Uh, first of all, great article. Thank you. Second of all, I, I'm going to answer the question for myself here. I don't think anybody will ever forget Bud Dupree. But I think at least the more logical thinking Steeler fans from what I've heard and seen are not even comparing Alex Smith to uh, Alex Highsmith to to Bud Dupree. They're expecting him to be better, but they're expecting him to be Alex Highsmith. Um, that's I know that's where I'm at. Like I, I I've I've gone on record to say that I think that he could achieve ten sacks this year. And it has nothing to do with what Bud Dupree did here. It has to do with the the trajectory. I really think that. Alex Smith is capable of in his career. I, I just, I, I see, like, I was kind of iffy when we drafted him about, you know, and then the more I watched tape, the more I listened to your guys' shows, I, I, I bought into this kid, and we saw him play last year, and if he continues to do what he did last year, you know, it, it, it's going to be a special year for Alex Smith. The last thing I want to bring up, I keep hearing all this media talk about how the Steelers have potentially the worst offensive line in the league. So, you know me, I'm all about bold predictions. A bold prediction today is that three of our offensive linemen make the Pro Bowl in 2021. Wow. That's a pretty bold prediction. I want to talk about the article that I wrote with regarding Highsmith and Dupree I don't think – uh, let's be honest. Like When I'm writing an article, I have to think of a headline that's going to make you want to click it. That's just part of the job. Um, so I, I, I sculpted the article around T.J. Watt's comments from Mandatory Minicamp, and he talked about how strong Highsmith was as a pass rusher. I don't think anyone is comparing the two from a stylistic perspective, but I do look at, okay – is Highsmith further along on the career trajectory than Bud Dupree was entering year two? Highsmith is by far and away better a better technician as a pass rusher than Dupree was in year two. Dupree might have been more athletic. I think, yes, you would give him the edge in athleticism and speed. But Alex Highsmith's pass rushing moves are by far and away better than Dupree's. So there's always going to be that comparison. It's a guy he's replacing, but at the same time, I agree with you 100% that Highsmith is going to build his own legacy, whatever that is, be it good or bad. I think the Steelers will be, um, you know, I think they're going to be just fine with Alex Highsmith at the helm. My concern is if there's any with Alex Highsmith, it's him as a run blocker, a run stopper, I should say. Um, Bud Dupree really improved in that area of his game later in his time in Pittsburgh, and so we'll see if that happens. But, Wes, thank you for the call. I appreciate it, as always. And let's get this here. Jim says, 
If the O-line is horrible in pass blocking, does Ben take his ball and go home or retire, or does he stick around, stick it out all season? If he can't uh, scramble, when do you think the coaches put in the quarterback of the future? Well, the offensive line could be horrible. Uh, I don't think they're going to be horrible in run blocking, by the way. If they are going to be bad, I think it's going to be in pass blocking. Uh, and so maybe we see a different offense in regards to approach. Maybe we see more of a run-heavy offense. But could this be the last year for Ben? If it's really, really bad, I could see it being the last year. I could see him saying, I don't need this in my life. I just don't anymore. It's not it's not a necessity for me at this stage of my life. But good, but good question, Jim. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that wraps it up for me. I thank all the people that joined me during this live Let's Ride podcast here on Tuesday night on the Spotify Green Room app. Make sure you download that app, free for iOS users. You can get the beta version on Android. You can do everything, talk with me, except for you can't do the discussion stuff. Like Jim was asking questions that way tonight. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow us so that you do not miss a thing. Folks, as we always end it here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day, folks. We will see you all on Friday. Go Steelers.